Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland. And wow, are these weeks and these months passing really quickly? Now, before I do my LinkedIn Lives, my monthly LinkedIn Lives, the Black Female and 50 Plus, the Power Trifecta, I always play you the replay so you get a feel for what happens on the show, on the live program, once a month. And that time is coming around again. So I'm going to give you the replay for the last edition that we had, where we touched on all about staying recruitable when you're over 50. I had two guests, Daisy Wright, who is the CEO of The Right Career Solution, and Brucine Francis, who is a recruitment director. And they gave lots of helpful tips and advice for what it how to stay current and how when you're over 50 in the recruitment market. Now, the next LinkedIn Live takes place on the Tuesday, second Tuesday of every month. It seems to be settling in right now at 12 o'clock Eastern time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. And this week, um, sorry, next week, the next edition, I'll be talking about how to deal with microaggressions as a mid-career black woman. And it's going to be a, hopefully a very interesting conversation. I have my own take on this and, ha- and handling microaggressions as, as a black woman, and especially as a mature black woman. So make sure you tune into LinkedIn on Tuesday, the 12th of July, if you listen to this live at 12 o'clock p.m. Or uh, always, you can catch the replay as well. But catching it live means you can pitch your questions, you can join the conversations, or if that's not possible, pitch me the questions at info at JaniceSutherland.com. So I really hope to see you live. But have a listen to our last month's edition, Staying Recruitable When You're Over 50, and let me know what you think. Take care, and I hope to see you on the LinkedIn Live Tuesday the 12th of July. Take care. Hey, 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 and welcome back to another or this month's edition of Black Female and 50, The Power Trifecta. I am your host, Janice Sutherland. And for those of you who don't know me, I am a former corporate CEO turned career strategist for black women over the age of 40, helping them to realign, recreate and celebrate their lifestyle while staying true to their personal professional priorities and values. Thanks again for joining us today. Uh, Last month, we spoke about strengthening our mental wellness. Um, as a mid-career black woman and how organizations can support us in doing that. And my guest last month was Gillian Wells. This month, I am talking about the challenges women over 50, black women over 50, face when it comes to navigating the world of recruitment. Now, why this interest? Why why do I want to pick pick this topic? Well, my interest was piqued um, by the conversations, yeah, I've had with clients and various research articles and surveys. And and the things I found, there's some interesting facts that I found that over the next 20 years, the 60 plus generation will grow by 40%. Within just two years, one in two of the workforce will be over 50 The pandemic has been especially hard on older employees seeking to reclaim jobs lost in the early days of lockdowns. And many women or many people are saying that they fear the workplace upheaval brought on by COVID-19 has reinforced some bosses' beliefs that professionals in their 50s and beyond are less inclined to return to offices or adapt to new ways of working. And I found a lot more research because in a recent report by Generation, The organization surveyed 3,000, almost 4,000 employed and unemployed people, as well as 1,400 hiring managers across seven countries. So quite an extensive study. 
Their findings revealed a consistent pattern of bias against workers aged 45 and older across geographies. And with the great resignation being a concern for organization, they've now turned on to the idea of employing older workers, but there's a looming dichotomy when it comes to the methods and processes of recruitment, which can often be alienating for black women in the recruitment process. And bear with me here, bear with me here. As I said, I found this fascinating. I saw another report, another study by Santander that said, um, and it's British people, British workers, who believe that it was too late to change careers by the age of 45 because they can't keep up with technology. And they had a study of 2,000 adults and 21% said they want to retrain, start a career, new career, but they worry that they're too old. Another five, um, one in five, should I say, felt that they let, lacked the digital, digital skills needed to take the step. And 30% of the adults said the biggest barriers to changing careers was a fear of change and a lack of confidence. And almost a quarter worry that they don't have the ability to learn a new job or simply don't know where to begin. So why this is relevant to a black woman over 50, you ask? Understanding that there's a triple minority status in the recruitment world because we're black, we're 50 and, you know, we're female. And it's a necessary part of navigating the recruitment field. There's a trifecta for older, older unemployed women or women trying to change jobs in that they're more likely to face discrimination. And if they lose their jobs, lose their jobs, they may experience a longer period of unemployment. And if they do find work, they may have to take a pay cut. And my last study, I'm going, to rec I'm, going to, I'm going to quote here. The 2018 AARP report said 64% of women have witnessed a, have been the target or witnessed age discrimination, but it's just the tip of the iceberg because it's estimated that another 3% of older workers have never ever made an official complaint to a supervisor, um, human, human, human resource, anything or anything. And in recruitment, this is what we're, we're again. For me, in recruitment, 86 employers use job interviews mediated by technology, which I was astounded that so many, so such a high percentage and a growing portion of which is automated video interviews and, and the increased use of artificial, artificial insemination, artificial, I've got the word, artificial I forgot the word. You know what I mean, AI. Anyway, my guest panelists this month are Brucine Francis, a recruitment director with over 20 years experience in the recruitment agency field, and Daisy Wright, founder and CEO of the Wright Career Solution, who for over 15 years has coached numerous executives, managers, and mid-career professionals to attaining new roles. Let me just introduce, bring, the, bring these ladies on the screen. Hi, ladies. Hi. 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 Hello there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in this month's um, Black 50 and Female or Black Female and 50 Plus, the Power Trifecta. I call us the Power Trifecta because we are wonderful, magical, magical beings and we have so much going for us that uh, organizations employers underestimate. But I think sometimes there's times that we underestimate ourselves too. So um, I wanted to have you guys on as you're, you're all versed in the recruitment field. And really, it's just a conversation to um, let's just 
talk about what it's like to be in this recruitment field, in this recruitment world. I, for one, no longer, I think two things went against me right now in the recruitment area, that I no longer live in sort of the US, UK, the tech or Canada, the technology more driven areas. I'm living on an island. Um, and I'm no longer in the space to want to be recruited being self being self-employed so i'm relying on experts like yourself uh, to ha to have to give me an insight into what's happening there so audience listening audience thank you so much for joining me we know we've got barbados in the house so far everybody else you can come and join us feel free to drop your questions in feel free to add your voices this program is only great as as great as the audience participation and it's for you just as much as it's for me for you to learn what's happening so let me shut up now let me shut up <laughs> and uh, pose my first question so Bruce and Daisy what are some of the challenges older from your experience that older workers can face when entering the recruitment market so I'll answer first from my perspective so it's it varies. So it could be that they haven't been out in the market for quite a long while. So it's it's frightening. The world has changed. So it's 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 what's going on out there. So am I going to fit into an organisation? What's the culture of that organisation going to be like? Will will I be accepted for me? Because ultimately, you know, whatever age we are, we are still who we are. So sometimes there's a level of coaching in terms of actually helping um, yeah. somebody over fifty into a new role. But it also depends on that individual, is my personal view. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Daisy, your views? Yes, for, for sure. I agree with Brucine. And in addition to that, I see, I think what most older workers, and particularly, you know, black women in 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 in, in this um age group that you're you're um targeting, we need a mindset shift. Because sometimes we buy into what people think, who we should and should not, not be. And we need to clarify that. We need to recognize that we have value and we need to know how to showcase that value. We need to focus on how we can contribute to an organization rather than focusing so much on, well, you know, we're over 50 or we're 45 plus and all things, you know, things are not going to happen now. Yeah. you know, our way. So there are so many things that we need to do. And one of the things that, you know, we should also think about is that the fact that with age comes wisdom and we can use that to our advantage. And I'll, I'll share other points of view as we go along. Fabulous. I love that with age comes wisdom. Yeah. And experience and all the great stuff, all the things that people, uh, employers want and when, they, when, they, when they're seeking, when they're seeking people, but then all of a sudden it's like this, the, the wheels, the brakes go on when they realize you're not you're not the young whippersnapper they perceived that they perceived they would have in their employment. So Daisy, I just want to expand on that a little bit. You touched on mindset. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you think that um mindset changes, do you think, or things people can women can do to change their mindset? Um, first of all, it's to look internally. Because we have been, women in general, and particularly black women, we have been undervalued for too long. And then we buy into that, yeah. that concept. So we have to start looking from within. Yeah. And, you know, tell ourselves that, listen, you are as good or even better 
than the next person. And that's a conversation we have to have with ourselves. That's one. And then start looking, start reflecting on the impact we have made and we continue to make, whether it's in society in general or whether it's in our workplace. And own it, own your accomplishments, own, because the more you do that, the more you're you're gonna grow in confidence and the more you're able to talk to people about who you are, what it is you have done, what your capabilities are, and how you can add value to the uh, to the organization. Fabulous, thank you for I that. Bruce, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I was gonna say, and also, you know, that element of, of self-doubt creeps in. So it is, it's about a mindset shift. I think I've always used my mindset in terms of, and I think that's been from an early age, in terms of making sure that I feel like I'm accelerating as an individual. And I think a lot of the women I speak to use exactly that mindset because, we are as powerful as we want to be and it's, yes. it's only up to us we're the people who actually make those decisions so if you take color out of the equation everyone mm. is exactly the same we're as powerful as anyone and we can do whatever we want to do and I've always been of that mindset but I think what's really key it's it's about having that conversation like Daisy said with yourself and yeah. just having that real focus and if you need to you know like write a love letter to yourself in terms of I am amazing and I am going to be the next CEO whatever it is that you want then do that because never underestimate the power of a woman is all I have to say. Exactly. And you know what? Let me just add one thing to that, to what Lucy just said. Last year, or was it in 2020? Last year, actually, I created a little banner that says, I am proud of me. Mm. And I share it with people because the same way we go out and we tell other people how great they are, we don't do that to ourselves because we keep thinking, oh, they're going to think we're bragging. Well, listen, if you have the evidence, that's not bragging. If you can show that you have concrete evidence that you did this, that's not bragging. And so I have the little banner that says, I am proud of me. And yeah. I share it with people when I see when, when I see the post things on, on, on LinkedIn, for example, and I think that was great. I send them a personalized one to say, I am yeah. proud of me. And I do it mostly to women because we are the ones who feel we have to be 100 percent qualified for that position yeah. before yeah. we apply. Yeah. While men, they only want to see they want, only want to see 40 percent. And their resumes in the pile. Yeah, so we need to do that and we need to internalize it so that it reflects on the outside and demonstrate the confident woman or the confident person who we are. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. Sorry, I'm just going to show you my banner. (laughs) (laughs) You see that? I am the CEO. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. I've got the back of mine, but I can't pick up my laptop. So, um, (laughs) but I'm glad you said that because I mean, for anybody, anybody who knows me personally knows I'm not shy at coming forward. And um, and you talk about bragging, you know, and it's not a brag if it's if it's if it's the truth. And for me, nobody will tell your story better than you can. Absolutely. Why are you giving the power to somebody else? You know, you need to control your own narrative. So I'm all for, I'm all for that. Get your brag on, definitely, definitely. So um, my next question. So what's, you know, probably just give over this. I want to talk about the recruitment piece a bit. And some of the things, I'm I'm digging into this and I'm looking at LinkedIn, I'm looking at, you know, know, I I can 
usually tell, and this is probably bad, I can usually tell someone's age by looking at their LinkedIn. Yeah. And and usually it's not that difficult because it's the first thing they know. They normally have a statement that says X amount of years at this at this type of you know skill set. And to me, that's a bit of a giveaway in this ageism, in this ageist society. So how so how should women over 50 maybe structure their resume or portray how they are because this is all the thing about do we hide our age type of thing and stuff like that so how would you how would should they structure their resume so for me it, of course you know organizations are going to look at cvs and they can like like you say identify somebody's age potentially but i don't think we should all either shy away from that either because ultimately like daisy has said with age comes wisdom and experience and knowledge and all of those key elements that are really crucial so I, I don't think you should have a six page CV. I think it should be two pages and then you summarize like the real importance, especially you, you kind of create a CV for that particular role as well, because if you want to make an impact, then that profile has to stand out. So take your age away, take away hobbies if necessary, because sometimes hobbies can actually, you know, bring out your age to a certain extent and then just make sure it's impactful around the experience that you have. Make, really make sure I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Right. And um, just to add to what Bruce uh, just said, you have to try to make your resume what we call ageless. And mm -hmm. it's not that you're going to downplay who you are or downplay your achievements. But on a resume, we in resume land, we call the top third of the resume prime real estate. Right. So Anything you want the reader to see, that's what you're going to highlight in that space. Now, mm. you may have done something remarkable 20 years ago. It doesn't mean you cannot incorporate that success, that accomplishment in that statement. The other piece to it is when you go to the end of the resume, say page two or page three, depending, you don't necessarily have to list the company, well, you can list the company, but you don't necessarily have to list, well, I was there from 1999 until 2000. All you need is the, probably the company name, especially if it was a big name company, and just who you were, what title you had there. There is nothing, remember that a resume is not a legal document. <laughs> In saying that, I'm not saying you should lie. Yes. I'm not yeah. saying you should lie. I'm saying you are going to incorporate the information that you want those people to read. Don't give them anything that's not relevant. I usually say if they ask for oranges, give them oranges. Do not give them apples and grapes unless you know the apples and grapes are going to, to make you outstanding. It's going to right. distinguish you from everybody else. So those are some of the little things that people can do to 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 um to make their resume ageless and actually as was daisy said you know it's the top it's the it's the top part of the cv so literally when someone reviews a cv they literally look at it it's three four seconds and that's it so the impactfulness has to be at the top in, absolutely exactly yeah. so if, and they, if, if they don't capture what they're looking for in those split seconds even though you may have amazing accomplishments um, later on in the resume, if they don't see it there, your resume is going to go on the into file 13. We're okay, that's it. We don't want, we're not going to see this person. 
yeah yeah fabulous 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 so let me just i know we've got a few people joining us um we've been seen derval gail thank you so much again just say to you if you've got any questions drop pop them in the comments and we'll get the we'll get the ladies to answer your questions as well now i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little bit um i'm gonna be a little bit controversial dare i dare i say um of here. so so how can and how can older women compete against younger women in the market or should they I, I, I'll take that on first <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> because I am not I'm not sure that they should be competing against any any demographics for that matter the important because you know they they can control they can't control certain things what they can control is who am i mm. what have i done what do i have to show what do i have to demonstrate that i am as good a candidate as anybody else so in fact the competition should be focused on you the individual rather than outside mm -hmm. yes you know you need to know what you're up against but you're not going to spend that much energy in that space you need to focus on listen what is it that i'm good at mm -hmm. what is it that people say i'm good at and how can i how can i articulate that to the yeah. next employer yes yeah ageism is gonna come it's it, it's gonna come but are you gonna focus there rather yeah. than saying oh well you know i'm so afraid they might not hire me because of my age say listen i have been in this i've been doing this for a long time i can hit the ground running quickly as opposed to somebody who is just fresh out of of university so it's the verbiage that you that you you want it's the narrative that mm. you really will come up with as opposed to focusing on who is younger and who is older and yeah. you know those kind of things yeah, yeah so i agree so my answer is no absolutely not you <laughs> actually don't know who you're competing against like you don't know so you know so that's the other thing so the only person you're competing against is yourself so all you need to do is focus on getting yourself as prepared for that interview as, as possible mm -hmm. and read the room so if you're in a in a meeting with a number of individuals read the room because you need to make sure that your language your you know, the way you present yourself that you're coming across as being right for the organization so you know an, an example is is you just if you know if you're in a room with a number of individuals who they may be coming across as being really quite young and let's just use the word dynamic as an example mm -hmm. well, not everyone is dynamic but you need to make sure that you're just giving yourself the energy that's required for the room. I think that's probably the best way to, to formulate that answer yeah. around energy, but it's about the energy and matching mm -hmm. who's in the room. Because as I said, you know, and Daisy's mentioned it, it's your experience is your experience and only yeah. you can verbalize that experience, but you articulate it to match who's in the room, the audience in the room. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Look, both of those, look, both of those answers. So, um, so I've kind of touched on the resume and competing or not competing or, you know, owning who you are and everything like that. But one of the things that came up a lot was the use of technology. And I'm not going to lie, the past couple of days I'm preparing for a trip and I've had to do a lot of stuff online. And I don't know what, if I've been hiding under a rock or anything, but the technology has, has kind of upped its game. 
and not in a positive way, to be honest. Some of the things I've, you know, coming from a customer perspective hasn't been the most positive experience, but anyway. So what are some of the latest technologies, do you think, um, that are being used in the, in, the recruitment, in the recruitment world that we really should be aware of? So videos is definitely one of those, and that's um, at application stage. So employers are asking for videos, um, and, and sometimes they're quite difficult to navigate. But then I think we only make things as difficult as we need them to be. YouTube is our answer and our solution to actually finding out how to do whatever we need to do. So, you know, we only make it as difficult as we want it to be. So the videos, and also if you're not comfortable doing videos, you, no one's gonna know that you've practiced the five, 500 times in advance before sending through your, your application as an example. So videos, it's not difficult to navigate, but I think it's a really tough one for individuals who are not used to doing a yeah. video to kind of sell themselves, I, I guess is probably one of the examples I'd use. Yeah. Yeah, Daisy. Oh yes, obviously it's videos because, like you know, we are here right now using using um, using the the technology which yeah. is Zoom. There are others. There are Webex. There is um, Google Google Meets, Google Teams, and all of that. So familiarize yeah. yourself with 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 what's out there. And in terms of some of the interviews, and Brucine, you can speak to, to that. There are there is technology now where you're literally being interviewed by this, like you're conducting the interviews being conducted, but you're not seeing the 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 other the other person. Now there are upside and downside to that. I like to make sure that I'm making eye contact with yeah. whoever I'm speaking with. But you know it comes it comes with it with the territory. So definitely you will want to familiarize yourself with all the technology that's um, that's available. And then when it happens like us in a zoom in a zoom environment for example, make sure that your environment is um, is professional. Mm -hmm. And and even how you position yourself on screen. I was speaking, I was coaching a lady the other day. And when I said to her, hold your, hold, uh, make sure your laptop faces your laptop, raise your laptop a little bit. Because mm -hmm. what was happening, mm -hmm. I was only seeing her head and her voice, I wasn't seeing her mouth at all. <laughs> and she did not even realize. And I said, if you, if we're not seeing your mouth, it means the person somebody there cannot read your lips right so you have to make sure that you, yeah. you yes, yes get yeah. yourself from familiarize yourself with all the new things that come with new technology absolutely and i think also if you're not familiar then do a run through with somebody so i was helping someone out the other mm -hmm. day and i literally showed them how to use teams do the presenter mode because i think you can only rely on other people to support you. There's only so much that you can, you know that you can rely on, on like the internet and things from that perspective. But also, if you're aware that the organisation uses technology like Slack as an example, it might be like, wow, how on mm. earth do I use that? But again, you can access information on how to use that. So because that comes up in interviews, yeah. doesn't it? The questions: How familiar are you with using yes. Teams? Exactly. So, you know, it's just yeah. familiarizing yourself with those technologies and just even just understanding yeah. just how they work, what they do. And that was that, and that's useful. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I would just want okay. to add a little piece to that. That's where mentoring or what we would probably term reverse mentoring comes into play, because mm -hmm. if you are an older yeah. worker and you realize, you know, the younger people, they're into technology, no harm. 
yeah. in saying to them, listen, yeah. can I learn something from you? Yeah, you know, we we usually yeah. we tend to think of mentoring as this up, you know, it's somebody, a, a, a senior person mentoring a younger person, but it works the other the other way as well. So take advantage of, of these young people yeah. who are so skilled yeah. with these new technology and yeah. be open to learn. Thank you, thank you. Now, before we get to the interview process, one of the things I've also come across, and I'm not, I've not been, I've not been exposed to it much myself, is the use of AI, artificial intelligence. Now I know yes, the word. I, the word I wanted to say before was not intelligence, and I knew it was the wrong word, and I couldn't say it. <laughs> it was totally off the wrong, totally the wrong. I, word. I, I, I um, heard you. I heard you when I was behind um, behind the studio, but I couldn't come out to t to, to remind you yeah. that it's artificial intelligence. So the use of artificial intelligence in recruitment, because you know that I've not been exposed to myself, as I said, but I know there's been a use of a lot of use of AI to almost filter filter applications. Because when you're applying online, that in itself is a use of AI. Because you know they're looking for keywords and stuff like that. Do you have any exposure or any experience, or if you can share about navigating um, maybe the online recruitment or that that you know application use of AI um, when making applications? So from a, from my perspective, and, and just with some of the organisations I've worked with, um, AI is only comes only comes into place in terms of like filtering keywords out of CVs. So if it, it wouldn't look for right. as an example age, it'll be let's just say you're looking for a director of something, you'd be looking for those keywords. Um, typically when you right. apply for opportunities, there are, there's, if you have to put in your ethnicity, your age and a number of other aspects, a lot of that data is actually hidden behind. It's like hidden so HR can actually review that versus a recruitment or talent acquisition team. And so when it comes to um, navigating, it's, it's quite difficult because not everything gets pulled through from a recruiter perspective to view that. And also, you know, it, yeah. you, you, but not, you know, you, you, it's illegal, isn't it, to actually um, not hire somebody based on age. So you're looking purely on skills. So that's why a lot of that information is actually hidden in the background. So you make your assumptions yeah. based on the CV that you view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, Daisy, of course, yes, one of the technologies that they use, and I, I think Bruce uh, would have alluded to that, is the ATS or the applicant tracking system. And right. that's why it's important for people to incorporate some of the verbiage from the job posting into your resume, because that's what the, 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 the ATS has been programmed to look for. So you're right, it's not gonna be looking for any age or anything um, like that. So make sure you have dissected the job posting to see what are the common words they're using in, the, this, in yeah. this job posting and make sure you weave those words into the, the, the resume. The other thing too is that how these and I usually encourage my clients, whether they are older clients or not, I usually encourage them to take it a step further when they're when they're make when they're submitting applications. So yes, they're going to follow the rules by applying online because that's what they ask them to do. But I say to them, listen, you yeah. could have a great resume, 
and they're looking for 20 good people. Once the applicant tracking system has uh, taken out those 20, you could be number 21 and you would, your resume would not have been selected. Mm -hmm. So I say to them, take it a step further. Send those people a hard copy of your, your resume and cover letter. In a, send it by snail mail for, for two reasons. One, people love to see their names in print. So if I see an envelope falling on my desk that says Daisy Wright, I'm going to open it. That's one. In the letter, though, you're going to say to them, I have followed the rules by applying online. However, you and I know that great candidates get missed sometimes. So I decided to take this, take the initiative and send your hard copy. You have, you have covered two sides. You have said, I followed the rules. I applied online. However, yeah. here I am taking an additional step. You never know what might happen. They might yeah. say, wow, this is a great resume. Let me put it on the pile so that when I'm looking at, at all, all the resumes, this one yeah. will be among them. So those are some of the little yeah. tips and tricks that people can can use to get eyeballs yeah. on their on their application. And especially again, when you start thinking of ageism and, and things like that. You know, yeah. when somebody yeah. you send a great resume yeah. and they're reading and they say, Wow, this is great. I would love to speak to somebody like that. Age, age gets tossed through the window, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can yeah go yeah. another step further as well. And, and, is using... Sorry, I was going to say another step further is using LinkedIn. Just, so, oh, have, I, have I got yeah, a delay? So, yes, I think I've got a lay. Apology. So, so using me. LinkedIn. So you use LinkedIn, and you can, um, which I love, and I recommend it all the time. Is if you find you may not find the right hiring manager, but you might find somebody within the organisation. If you're connect, if you try and connect to them then again, this goes back to technology, but you literally use your mobile and you yes. send a video and you say, hi, this is Brucine. I've sent you my CV. Here's just a little bit about me. You've only got a minute, but that is impactful. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. Some great tips, some great tips there, some great tips. Now, just touching on that. Um, so, and this is probably just your general, just, just general view from your point of view. So how, what can HR recruiters do to recognize age as part of the DEI discussion? From, from my perspective, in terms of what I know is happening with some organizations, is that um, obviously there's a huge focus on diversity. Within diver diversity is also age. Mm -hmm. So some organizations, so one of the companies I work, well, actually a company I work with and work for, they actually have what they class as a returners program. And so within the returners program, that would be, it could be any person of any age, um, but yeah. typically more mature candidates who have been out of work for a period of time and they run programs. And that's a lot of the large, large organizations, yeah. especially the, the large corporate ones. So that's yeah. something which is a huge focus, but it also focuses on the social mobility aspect as well of, 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 of what's going on within the world. But also um, what they find is when they hire returners, returners come with a lot more skills and experience and they're also typically more, they're typically females and they're typically BAME candidates as well. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, you know, I'm glad, uh, Janice, that you mentioned that generation's report, um, that generation's mm -hmm. study er yes. earlier in yeah. your introduction, because that tells a, gives a lot of information on what's happening to people globally yeah. who are age 45 plus. Yeah. And there are so many things that um, organizations can do. Obviously, DEI is a great yeah. piece, and DEI includes ageism, yeah. of course, but also to train their staff because what's what has been happening and what that report showed is that people who are screening the resumes, they're usually younger people. Mm. And so they tend to want to hire people who look and sound like them. So for yeah. as as for organizations, they should be training their staff to say, listen, we are looking for people regardless of age or mm. regardless of um, you know, where their background. We're looking for people who are capable of doing doing the work. That should be the number one focus. Yeah. And the funny thing, and to add to, to, to um, expand on the report as well, is that even though they are they're selecting people who are in their age group, you know, 34 to 44, yeah. thereabouts, yeah. when they do hire people outside of that age group, people are older than 45 uh, years old, they realize that they perform at the same level and most times above the level of the younger um, the younger yeah. worker, you yeah. know. So those are some of the things that organizations should be looking looking at in terms of, you know, who will bring the best value as opposed yeah. to just focusing on age. Yeah. Because like I said earlier, with age comes wisdom. And the flip side to that though is, if an organization is going to focus so much on age, do you really want to work with with, with companies like that? Like very that? True. You know, very so, true. you know, ask yourself that yeah. question as well. Yeah, very true, very true. Thank you for that. So let me just take a couple of questions, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of questions from the audience. Uh, Bruceine, this is for you actually, because uh, Vincene's asking, can you expand about matching the energy in the room? So, if you're if you've got hiring managers um who are talking really quite slow and um they're not giving you eye or they're giving you eye contact or they're not giving you eye tact it's just about matching their energy so i naturally am quite like i'm bubbly so like i'm not matching anyone's energy right now because i'm all over the place if that makes sense that's probably my definition of of kind of matching the the audience in the room whereas now i'm matching the energy in the room yeah, yeah. does that does that help yeah, so, so really, it's just about reading the room. So you don't want to be if someone if someone's um, if someone speaks a little bit quieter or a bit slower. It's just recognizing that because if you, I'm a naturally quick talker, very fast talker. So sometimes I have to slow myself down because I realize that they're probably not picking up on what I'm saying because they don't think the same speed I do, yes. or just to give myself or just to get just to get myself understood, and um, because they probably perceive me as being maybe a little bit. Um, Either nervous, they may, they may give me the benefit of the doubt to say nervous. They may think, is she like this all the time? For goodness sake, I don't want to work this woman. She'll tie me out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then another question for Vincene. She says, what are some tips for black women over 60 navigating the job market? 
Um, I don't know if you've popped in late, Vincent, because we kind of tackle some of this. But ladies, if you can just kind of give a couple of tips that you know that would that would uh, help Vincent. So I think when we, what we said was, um, so, so, gosh, I can't remember what we talked about. We've talked about so much. We talked it was about not, um, not spoke, it was a mindset. It was mindset. Yeah, the mindset shift is one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also um, making sure that you think about yourself and no one else, because the only person who's in control of of the opportunities that you're going to progress is yourself. And just making sure that you have put the right effort and and preparation in for that particular interview. So I think that's really important. But it's also not worrying about who else is, who your competition is, because that isn't important at all. The only competition is yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'll just add, the first thing, don't even think of, of your age, whether mm. you're 60 or over. There's an ad on television that I love, and it says, um, age is a number and mine is unlisted. So I yeah, have just taken I want that on a t-shirt. Age <laughs> is a number and mine is unlisted. So that's how you should look at it. That's one. Yeah. But also focus on your strengths by identifying all the ways that you bring value, that you would bring value to yeah. an organization. And I know we covered it before, and I'm sure when you're listening to this recording after, you'll pick up some, you know, some additional tips but those are some of the things that you can do because sometimes we make an assumption yes ageism is there and it's out there but yeah. sometimes we are the ones who kind of say well you know the first thing they're gonna look at is my age when sometimes that that's not the issue so focus on on identify the ways that you could bring value to the organization and focus there as opposed to focusing so much on your age yeah, yeah. And my last tip would be also, if you haven't been interviewing recently, then get some, some um, go onto YouTube and do some interview practices, because I think that's really important to understand the types of interviews that are out there. But also, if you've got an ex-colleague you can speak to, just do some yeah. interview practice, because that's really important. It's just making sure you're ready for an interview. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to, just to add to that, because I do a whole lot of interview coaching. And what I say to my clients is to, they have all the different acronyms, a SOAR, STAR, what have you. Mm. I use CAR for, for two reasons. Yeah. I said, you CAR, C-A-R. Yeah. I said, you are in the driver's seat in the mm. interview. So yes, you might go to that interview thinking that, well, you know, Bruce Ian is the VP of HR, so she's in charge. Well, listen, if you did not have value, Bruce Ian would not have invited you to the interview. Absolutely. So in your mind, create in your mind Absolutely. that you're on a level playing field. Yeah. You have something that they need. Yeah. And then you focus on, like I said, the core. What challenge in, in the different situations, what challenges did you face? Mm. what actions did you take and based on those actions what was the result or what were the results these days especially if i'm coaching senior level um executives i focus on two things so i switch from car i switch to ai right. what actions did you take and what mm. impact yeah. did you make yeah. and that's when you and tell your story when you mm. know your story yeah. Everything becomes clear. It's your story. You're not you're not making it up. So yeah. that makes you more confident. So you can go into the interview and says when they say describe a time when you can reflect 
and think of a time when mm -hmm. that was happening. What did you do and what impact did you make? Yeah. After that, age becomes irrelevant. Fabulous. That age becomes unlisted because you know yes. how many people love that. Age term? Let me tell you something. I will be having that. You will see me next, not next time, with a t-shirt with that on. With that on. So we're coming down to our last, our last questions before we wrap up. So, and it's something LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, that Bruce Singh said, and it's just a question I want. I wanted to put out there: Is networking? You probably answered this. Is networking still a part of the recruitment process? I know back in the day, it used to be go out and meet somebody, you know, network, go to the go to these functions and, you know, shake hands and that kind of stuff. Is networking still a part of, of the recruitment process? My well, Absolutely. That's, that's all I do every day. And that's where I personally think that a, a lot of it depends on, on, I guess, some of the opportunities, if, if the clients that you're trying to find are on LinkedIn. But I think if you're following the organizations, finding out what they do, then you've also got information on that organization. So using LinkedIn as your networking platform, I think, yeah. is really, really useful. And, and hiring managers, again, you can, you know, if, you're, if you've got an interview with John Smith, you look at John Smith's profile and he played rugby for whoever, then you've got something to have a conversation with them about because it's very hard going into an interview not knowing who's interviewing yeah. you at times it's true it's true yes absolutely networking is as important as it was prior to the the, the pandemic and it's easier these days yeah. because you can yeah. have you can have i um i call my i instead of informational interviews these days i term it career conversations you can have mm -hmm. career conversations with people reach out to them, ask them for 15 to 20 minutes of their time where you can ask them questions about themselves, about their career trajectory and you know how they've done. So it's very important because now, once you have reached out, once you have had a conversation, you have moved now from a cold contact to a warm contact. Yeah. Of course, you're not gonna ask them for a job immediately or anything. You're, you just want to have conversations with them. Um, with them so yes networking is very important and that's not gonna that's only gonna get better actually Fabulous. as opposed to um to, to less oh so do you know 45 minutes has gone past already so how quickly was that <laughs> fantastic so what i took from that is the fact is you know we're, we're we're more than viable in fact as i said we are the power trifecta um so we keep on doing us society's perception i think of, of over 50s really needs to catch up with reality we're not going anywhere in fact it's going to be it's going to be it's going to, we're going to be a bigger cohort of people mm -hmm. and so going forward employers really need to look at tackling ageism um, and if the, those who do be able to capitalize on a really valuable resource of the older worker and they'll be the ultimate winners Absolutely. they'll be the winners so, ladies, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining me today. Um, and for my listening audience, thank you so much for joining me, for joining us, and for your um, for your input. If you liked what you heard, or you want to know more information, or want to find out a little bit more hits and tips, uh, strategies, you can head over to my website, JanniSutherland.com, to sign up for my weekly newsletter. You can hear my podcast, This Woman Can. Um, I'm launching the This Woman Can community, which is newly launched, specifically for Black women over 40 who are navigating careers. 
Now, when it comes to the black, female and 50 plus the power trifecta, I've got a number of topics I want to cover over the next couple of months. So we're looking at toxic workplaces and dealing with microaggressions, especially as a mid-career mature woman. Um, having a career with children, with young children and you're over 50. Having a career with young, with children and aging parents, so being part of the sandwich generation. If you'd like to be involved in any of those discussions, uh, or if there are any particular topics you'd like me to cover off the next, the next few months that you feel really need to be dressed for the black women over 50, just let me know. Um, DM me, message me, Janice Sutherland. You've got my link. You know where I am. And until next time, thank you so much for joining me. It's absolutely always a delight and always a pleasure to have you join us. So thank you very much. Take care. Hey fabulous, have you joined my private group, This Woman Can Yet? It's a community for mid-career black women who are unafraid to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, build and share power without shortchanging their life. The This Woman Can community is a virtual space where black women over 40 can connect freely, share their thoughts, get support with career challenges, network and hang out with like-minded women. No woman should feel like they need to figure out everything on their own. You deserve a group of women you can trust, who understand what you're going through and who generally want to help you succeed. Apart from this team in your corner, This Woman Can will share tools specifically geared to women looking to keep moving on the up and up in their careers and their mid-lives. In other words, it's the place where you, me and fellow mid-career women speak our truth, share our successes, advise on best practices and get inspired. Head over to JaniceSutherland.com and click the join community and I'll see you there because I would love to have you be part of it.